now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. All right, so a lot has happened since our last episode. i got to say, uh, you know, i, I got to reflect on flying commercial during September 11th. It was quite an experience. I left the country. I flew internationally. I went through all the protocols of COVID and screening and everything. We'll we'll dive a little deeper into that a little bit later on in the show. But first, to kick off the show today, along with Dennis, I have a very uh, special friend. uh, Kirk McCardle is with us. He's a, well, you know, we go way back. I haven't talked to him in a while, but his, uh, his cousin texted me right before I left the country and said, hey, uh, you know, a cuz here is uh, planning a world record attempt, a Guinness Book record attempt that's going to culminate on September 11th. You ought to get them on Just Plain Radio. So it took a couple weeks, but we finally made it happen. Kirk, welcome to Just Plain Radio. How are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, Greg. Thank you. And, and I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, to get on today and, and tell a little bit of our story. Yeah. Well, you, you know, he's already been, uh, you know, making the uh, rounds for all the aviation media groups because it's been written up all over the web, hasn't it, Dennis? You've seen this. Oh, yeah. I, I saw the articles a few weeks ago and was uh, following the progress. And uh, I don't want to, I won't spoil how it ended. But uh, yeah, it was, it was really an, an interesting adventure, you know, taking off and trying to fly 48 states in 48 hours uh, i consider eight hours in a day more than enough flying yeah it's pretty crazy that's a, that was the plan and then it was going to end on september 11th to call attention to the 20-year anniversary of september 11th which is obviously a, a thing that everybody was thinking about that day uh, but this was a, a monumental effort to undertake and so i guess my first question kirk is why why <laughs> You know, why did you, uh, you know, launch into this effort? Well, uh, one of my partners, it had actually been a bucket list item that he was thinking about. Was, okay. You know, really, it, it had nothing to do with a Guinness record or September 11th. When we started talking about it almost a year ago. And I think we were just uh, sitting, talking planes. And he said, you know, I've always had this crazy idea about flying to every state you know, in a couple, you know, in a few days or something like that. And uh, I was sitting in a boring meeting at work a few days later and and mapped out a course and did a, did a quick check on the web and, and realized, you know what, the, the current world record to land in 48 states is like 16 days. Wow. I think we could do this. We could, we, we could make this work and get in the book <laughs> at the bare minimum. There and you go. I love it. So, so the the whole September 11th thing was kind of like, well, hey, why don't we tie this into the 20 year anniversary of that, which I think was a noble uh, effort just to draw attention to it. I guess, right? That was part of it. Yeah, the the timing came about. Uh, so the partner I was flying with, he's a he flies for a major airline. He's got about 30 years in and uh, something like 20,000 hours of flying time. So with his experience, he said, you know what? In September, the weather's pretty nice. 
And if we do it in September, why don't we commemorate this year is going to be the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and uh, it would be something we could uh, could uh, take note of. Right. And and also, uh, what, the, your home airport? There were some efforts to kind of highlight that uh, as well or create funds for it or what exactly? Yeah, so we're both on the board of a local flying club called Eximius. And I can't tell you enough about how those guys uh, banded together to help us out. We had an entire ground crew of about 15 people Hmm, that were supporting our effort and coordinating our landings at each airport, you know, uh, and, and the club dates back to the 1940s and has been based at Coleman A. Young airport in Detroit. That's uh, Delta Echo Tango airport. The, the plane we were flying is usually based in Troy, but we started from uh, from Detroit when we when we repositioned the plane and we were planning to land there on September 11th to, okay. to call attention to the airport and the redevelopment efforts, efforts that are going on. Excellent, which you did quite well with all the coverage that I saw online. But uh, I guess you found out that it was more difficult than it sounded and uh, how it looked on paper because it didn't end the way you wanted it to. Is that correct? It did not, um, but I got to tell you that as far as our plan, the support of the people, the support of all the people that we, at the airports where we landed, uh, I think at Frederick, um, in in, uh, in in Frederick, we had the AOPA people come out. They must have had about a dozen people, Excellent. cameramen and everything, and uh, and we had uh, people at different FBOs giving us swag here and there everyone had water and snacks water and, and snacks you were, don't you need coffee because uh, you got to go for like 48 hours well, <laughs> that's I what i'd want when when you're in a little plane for that long because oh, uh, well, we were yeah we, we were kind of tied in there but i will tell you that at some of the airports we were just landing and getting signatures for guinness we were doing a turn where we would land get the signature and all the data we needed and back in the air in about five minutes wow Okay. So, uh, I, I really got to shout out my my other pilot was named Kirk also. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Cutter. And he uh with his airline background had made all these checklists and everything for us about, you know, the the quick departure, the en route, the preparation for landing and mm. everything down to the cameras and everything else that we had to do for Guinness uh was all on on the on the checklist and they worked out really great so, so you were on schedule great. uh to make this happen and at yep. what point did you realize like uh-oh we got an issue where were you exactly everything was going great until we were coming down into florida never fails and, you're welcome yeah. <laughs> and uh as we were landing uh I, I forget the name of the town the 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 name of the airport but the identifier is mike alpha india it's up in the panhandle Okay. And uh, as we were coming in, the prop was fluctuating and, and it kind of dropped three or 400 RPM once. And then we landed and we uh, we did our thing. We took off and, and we circled around the airport. And again, uh, in about five to 10 minutes circling, we saw it drop three, 400 RPM for no reason hmm. a couple more times. And uh, that we, uh, in an abundance of caution, we decided to... Uh, to go back and we found an AMP on the field. The field happened to have a prop shop. We uh, we stayed there overnight. They looked at it. They didn't find anything necessarily, but uh, certainly noted that the governor probably was was going to give us problems. Mm. So how far had you gotten in your record attempt at that point? 
As far as the travel for the record attempt, we were at about 2,000 miles of, of that, uh, that attempt. And, you know, that included some, uh, uh, some support that we really needed from the ground team. The first third of our flight, so about we, we had landed at uh, 18 airports by the time we landed in, in 18 different states by the mm. time we landed in Florida. Yeah. And the first third of those was all IFR flying. In fact, I think one of our landings, we were down to about a ceiling of 400 feet. So we were slogging through it. And with all that, uh, I think initially we had gotten about an hour and 20 minutes behind schedule. And by the time we got to Florida, we were only 45 minutes behind schedule. Mm. So the plan was working very well and uh, the team was working very well. Uh, we had satellite communication with the team. We, we, uh, we really had everything we needed, but unfortunately... We had a mechanical, and again, uh, safety was the number one mission that we had, and uh, and we definitely erred on the side of safety. Well, there you go. So you still got the you know publicity for the efforts that you were trying to draw uh, attention to, but you just didn't get to get in the book just yet. So it's just been postponed, I assume, right? I, I think so. We, we had a lessons learned meeting last weekend and, and great turnout. And the team is uh, is very excited about trying to, to plan a second act. Well, you had 16 days. You could have kept going, I guess, and just worked on it. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure yeah, you we, thought about that. But hats off to you, my friend. Not to me, to the whole team, because uh, it was not a one or two person activity. The entire club put together to, uh, to do what we did. And I'm sure we'll get together and do it again. Taking Thank all you. the credit. Got it. I kid. No, that's great. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. 
Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. How is it going with the plane? We managed to help someone with it. But in so doing, the engines were damaged beyond repair. You won't fly? I wish I had better news, but we'll find a way to bring you home. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. Uh, Kirk, uh, great guest, and um, he was telling us during the commercial break before he uh, took off that, uh, you know, that home airport of his in Detroit, what is it called? Metro? It's Detroit Coleman Airport or Detroit City. It's right in downtown. Okay, so they're having some issues. Um, and that's why he was, you know, doing that effort on top of the September 11th stuff to uh, draw attention to some of their issues. And they're having that classic, you know, uh, infighting in the city between the mayor and the airport usage and all that kind of stuff. We'll we'll get a little bit more into that possibly next week. He's going to uh, talk to one of the buddies of his, one of his co-pilots, and we may get him on next week or the week after and get an update for you on that. Hopefully, they'll come up with a uh, solution that benefits general aviation and not uh, limits it more. But they they have some issues there. So we'll we'll find out more about that in a week or two. But it was a great effort. Yeah, you, you ever been uh, tempted to do something like that, Dennis, yourself? Try to get a Guinness book? Uh, maybe not quite 48 states, but I, I was uh, trying to fly every single airport in Minnesota. But it turns out that's even, you know, yeah, big, uh, just a big uh, logistical challenge because uh, – We've got over 105 airports, I think it is, in Minnesota. Wow. And just trying to go hit each and every one of them, about the most I could do in a day was about four or five. Okay. And, you know, it's- You got a long way to go. (laughs) Yeah, you got to shut down, get out of the plane, go inside, get the stamp uh, in the the little book, and then go start up and fly to the next airport. Yeah. You know, it just- uh, it's. Has anyone done that before? They have. Uh, when you collect uh, stamps for every single airport in the little Minnesota passport, yeah. uh, and you go to six aviation museums and attend safety seminars, you actually get awarded a leather flyer's jacket. Ooh, that's nice. So there is a, there, there's definitely an incentive, and there's also um, prizes for uh, smaller numbers of airports along the way. Um, I think you can get a, a flying cap and a pin after you go to like 30 airports and 70 some and you get a flight bag. So, but no record uh, in the no Guinness record, book no. that you're aware but, of. But so I you could set you could the try. bar. You could do it. You know, I mean, 16 for all 50 states. So, you know, you probably got a good uh, three months or so for a hundred and what, seven airports, you said? Something like something yeah. like 107. Maybe we make it uh, simpler since now you're in Florida. How many airports do we have in uh, Florida that we could do? I'll get back to you after the commercial break. Right. I'll have yeah, to count them. We'll count them and figure it out if that's a record that uh, Dennis wants to partake in. See, I love this stuff. I love talking about it. I have no interest in participating. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that's you, a. You I mean, ride along. Come on. Well, I would ride along for a few legs, but I don't necessarily need to do it to get in the Guinness Book. I'm in a lot of people's. I, I'm not really in any record books. I'm on a lot of people's lists. You know what I mean? But that's a whole nother story. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe that's something we can look at. 
Um, okay, so he was trying to draw attention or, you know, culminate the uh, record attempt on September 11th to celebrate the 20-year anniversary of September 11th. Celebrate, maybe not be the right word, obviously, but it was hard not to reflect on September 11th a couple weeks ago. Uh, it ended up that I actually flew out of the country on September 11th, and I, I got a full report for you. First off, you you might be asking yourself, why did you do this? I had no choice. I had to be somewhere. I had to be to St. Martin for a dive adventure, and I was flying on September 11th, and I really I couldn't go the day before. And uh, so I, you know, because I honestly, I was like, this is going to be a nightmare. I'm just asking for a cavity search. This is going to be no fun. Uh, First time flying out of the country in 18 months, you know, so I I wasn't really nervous about that. I mean, I've had COVID early on. I've had my vaccines. I've done everything you could possibly. I wasn't really nervous about the COVID stuff. I was probably a little bit more nervous about flying on September 11th, uh, knowing that the extra security would be in place. And I kind of took the mindset of, well, if you're going to travel, that's probably going to be the most secure day in the U.S. to travel anywhere on an airplane, my guess is. And I was uh, pretty, I think I was pretty accurate on that because uh, I flew out of Fort Lauderdale International, pulled into the airport that morning. There were military, there were police. I mean, it was on total lockdown from what I saw. And my guess is that's the way it was across the country that day. I had never seen so much, you know, I don't know, a public show of force since, well, 20 years ago, uh, that following week after, after September 11th. So, uh, you know, there were no incidents, uh, with my flight from that standpoint, it was just, you know, one of those things I had to kind of prepare for, I got to the airport an hour early, took me all of 15 minutes to get through. So, you know, I sat in the airport for about two and a half hours waiting for my flight. So I had plenty of time, but I, you know, you just have to plan for those kind of things when that happens. No issue with the security uh, on September 11th. So that was, ended up not being a factor at all. The COVID stuff. Now I had to get one of those, uh, antigen tests at least 48 hours before leaving and going into St. Martin. And I didn't have an issue with it. You know, you just, I just scheduled a, you know, a test like at the local CVS, got it, scheduled it for Thursday, was flying on Saturday. Uh, no problem. I did the short test, you know, the quick test and you have the, the choice in St. Martin to do 72 hours for a PCR test. Or you can do the rapid test and have it done within 48 hours. My suggestion to you, if you find yourself in that situation, always go for the rapid test. If they'll take it. Because, as what happened with some of my travel partners, uh, if you don't get your test results back and then submit your form to, say, St. Martin, which is where we were flying to, and get your return approval that you have been approved with your information and record that you've been tested and and uh, vaccinated and all that kind of stuff uh if you don't get that uh, to them and give them they say up to 12 hours to process it you will not be able to get on that airplane to saint martin and three of the people that were planning to go on that trip uh ended up in that category and got uh, turned away at the gate 
They say, we, we got our test. We have it right here. And we submitted everything, but the government had not replied back with their approval from St. Martin in time for them to board their aircraft. So the moral of the story is plan ahead and give yourself plenty of time. They did the PCR test, so their their test results came back on Friday, but they came back late on Friday and not soon enough for them to get their approval from the government to go back and fly to uh, St. Martin on Saturday. So, uh, you know, word to the wise, or, you know, you don't want to be those folks, right? More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I was the youngest pilot in Pan Am history. When I was four, the pilot let me ride in the cockpit and fly the plane with him. And I was four, and I was great. And I would have landed it, but my dad wanted us to go back to our seats. Airplanes, kept in the clouds, like angels can fly. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. And just sharing a few anecdotes of flying internationally amongst covid and maybe the extra security you would experience on the 20-year anniversary of September 11th. But like I said, not an issue. Thank goodness nothing, you know, made the news too much that day of, of any incident. So I was glad for the world, I would say, in that sense. You with so, me, Greg, did, yeah. you, uh, did you wear, you know, something appropriate uh, to go through security that day, you know, like a swimsuit just to make their job easier? Um, you no. Know. I just wore my typical uh, khaki shorts and a t-shirt and a hat. Why? Uh, I was just curious because there's been a number of uh, videos that have been circulating the internet uh, while you were gone about uh, a woman who made quite a spectacle of herself uh, checking in on a spirit flight, wearing nothing but her green bikini and her mask. God so bless I just her. thought maybe you were planning ahead too, and just, you know, make the cavity search just that much easier and less awkward. Well, now that you put it that way, uh, the board shorts were kind of loose fitting, um, but that, that's just me and no one wants to see that. Uh, but, but in this case, yeah, I saw the video of the gal who was flying the spirit, uh, uh, airline, uh, 
you know, flight in her bikini. She, she looked quite attractive. I mean, that was, uh, you know, I, if you got it flaunted, I don't know what she was thinking. Or maybe, you know, she's flying spirit, so obviously money is an issue. <laughs> it's like, maybe she doesn't have a, enough uh, money for her clothes. She just got one of those, like, $9 fares that they offer every now and then. Her ridiculous and anything mount. was extra for carry-on bag. She didn't want to have a carry-on bag for a swimsuit. Just well, to maybe. It. There there could have been that. I don't know. But uh, but they let her on the flight to fly like that. They did. That and, and that's remarkable. really surprising because it wasn't, uh, but what, a couple of years ago that a woman was uh, uh, kicked off of a Southwest flight because her top was too revealing or various things like that. It's right. just so weird that we've gone completely you know the pendulum swung the other way because do you remember when aviation you know really started to ramp up you know like in the 50s people would dress up and wear wear suits right dresses everything yeah and here we are now a bikini (laughs) okay see things get better with time (laughs) i can't help it the male pig comes out every now and then but uh yeah i mean it's interesting that uh you know she got on no problem but but you do see all these videos online right now where people that you know are wearing uh are not wearing their mask properly they're escorted off the plane or you know there there's this she political was thing her mask <laughs> yeah i mean well i mean but but yeah that's pretty uh, i i don't think this is going to be a trend uh despite you know what a lot of guys like me may think like hey yay why not all, all it's going to take is the first three hundred pounder that does that, and then <laughs> you know I was thinking the same thing. It's a it's a privilege, not a right. <laughs> exactly. So you know, I mean, in this case, they probably let it slide for some reason or another. I don't know. Or they maybe they uh, you know what? It, I bet it was a plant. It was just good publicity. You think? Well, it was posted to the Humans of Spirit uh, website, which I don't know if it's related to the People of Walmart website, but hey, mm-hmm. you know, we'll take that with a grain of salt. Right. Yeah, I, I just don't know that I uh, buy that this is going to be a trend we're going to continue to see. They're not going to allow that kind of thing. They, they, they've clamped down on political T-shirts and hats. And, and uh, I mean, I know firsthand of someone who tried to fly to Vegas and had a, a rather risque saying on their baseball cap, and she was uh, told she had to take it off or um, she would not be able to fly. So, you know, maybe it's airline to airline. Yeah, I don't believe it was Spirit. I believe she was on Southwest, but they did make a stink with her well, And that it. makes a lot of sense, given the, the culture right now and how prone people are to violence and duct taping and whatnot. Anything you can do that would rile up the, the your fellow passengers is probably going to be frowned on. Yes. Uh, but, but in this case, I don't know if it riled them up or not in the way that they uh, had, a, had an objection to. Just remember, a few years ago, there was Hooters Airlines. So, I mean, anything's possible. Ah, uh, the good old days. Yeah. See, I told you, uh, pig comes out every now and then. All right. So, uh, that's that's something. That we can look at uh, as a way of things are getting better or worse, depending on your perspective. Um, as far as uh, doing these records, though, you know, you were looking into it uh, during the commercial break about if we could do a Florida thing. And how many air- airports are in Florida? Well, it depends how you want to look at what do you consider an airport? Because uh, from what I can see, there looks to be just over 120 publicly owned general aviation airports in Florida. Wow. Okay. Over 900 just general aviation airports, including 
uh, private airports, such as the air park that I live at, little yeah. grass strips, uh, spaceports, et cetera. So well, what's the record? Do I, what, is there a record? I, so I did far? not actually find a record for anybody trying to fly uh, to all of the airports in Florida. Um, also, I did not see that Florida has like an aviation passport program like Minnesota does. Uh, a lot of states do have those to bring attention to their GA airports. Yeah. Uh, I think Iowa and the Dakotas, uh, Wisconsin all have them where you get a little official book and they've got rubber stamps at the various FBOs that you can, you know, go in and record your landing there and then eventually send it in and get some sort of a recognition for well, maybe we uh, uh, set the bar really low by making a, a record attempt to land in as many florida airports in one day as we can set it really low like eh, we're gonna do three and that's it if no one's done it maybe we could still get in the record books just for the attempt you think dennis and it, why not? you know what, what, what do we got to lose a couple of gallons of gas right a few it, hours of our time why we, not we could do it and then uh tell everybody like here's the record that you've got to break and then you could be you know the record holder but we could um, set the bar really low i, I would be willing to commit to something you know, as noncommittal as that. <laughs> well, and I, and I think I've already done that just on one of our trips together because I had to stop in Arcadia for gas, then to uh, uh, Orlando Executive to pick right, you up, but, and but then you've got to Lauderdale you all have on the to, same day. You have to announce that you're making oh, the attempt, okay. I think. So three airports in a day is easily doable because that's uh, that's pretty much the usual if I fly with you. Yeah. It's like, and someone would be going listening. They go, um, isn't that just like a cross country or something? Well, yeah, but that's not the point. It's about the record. We hold the record for attempting to land in the most um, airports in Florida. You know, so if someone knows that that record already exists, well, screw this effort. We're going well, to just stop. Right? We'll send it to us. We'll see if we can best it. We'll, we'll no, no, we'll give go. up immediately. <laughs> but uh, but if no one has said it, we could just set the bar really low and it'd make us feel good about ourselves, right? Yeah. <laughs> Be like everything else we do on the show. The bar's <laughs> right. down there, and we're tripping on it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, but I mean, you've never been tempted to kind of do a record in your airplane like that, or of you know something even maybe more meaningful than what we're discussing along those lines. What do you think? I think it'd be a lot of fun. I mean, why not? Uh, you know, Austin and I had tried a number of times uh, to you know see how many we could knock out trying to get that Minnesota thing done, and then I sort of decided to move to Florida, which is kind of putting a crimp and finishing that up. But yeah. who knows? Maybe someday we'll go back up and go do that. But uh, you know, in the meantime, uh, if yeah, we find a city pair or something where we set a speed record between two points, uh, you know, I'm I'm up for that. A speed record in your uh, Mooney two hundred one. Certainly. They they actually have records uh, of flying between city pairs. So we could get a record for the fastest flight from Fort Lauderdale to In a Mooney Orlando 201 Second. that's owned well, by yeah. Dennis? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we could write our own we could, uh, We could make our class. own award. We could get one of those, you know, world's greatest statues and uh, for Dennis for shortest distance run from his hangar to the, uh, to the runway or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to get in the record books one way or another. Uh, most likely not legitimately. Most number of listeners to quit listening to the show. That'd be mom, uh, sis. Uh, yeah, so it's about three. About the same number of airports we've hit in Florida. All right, more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Captain, cabin's ready and doors are closed. All right, gentlemen, it's time to get high. And also fly this old bird. Just a little captain's joke. I never get high when I'm flying unless I mistime the edible. Another captain's joke. <laughs> <laughs> This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis navigating the latest aviation news and information. All right, so there are a couple other little news nuggets we can share with our passengers today. And one uh, involves the airline. Uh, well, I don't know. They're, I guess they're based in Germany. I don't know. Or, yeah. uh, it's the German airline Lufthansa. Uh, Lufthansa. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Lufthansa. Yeah, I, it's hard to say that airline. I, I, they, I wish they would have came up with an easier way to say it. But if you well, if, if you speak it, German, apparently it's really easy. Yeah, Lufthansa. Yeah, right. Sounds good. Close okay, enough. that's a, exactly that's the phonetically uh, way to pronounce it. Lufthansa. There you go. Anyway, so I and I've flown them. Uh, they're a very capable commercial airline. Uh, I, I would say probably better than most uh, domestic carriers. <laughs> Which isn't saying anything because it's again that bar is low. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I, I still. I'll never understand why the U.S. carriers can't seem to, you know, match the level of service they provide on the international guys. But well, you're also comparing trying. Spirit and Frontier and Allegiant to Lufthansa Mainline. I, if you were to compare Delta and Lufthansa, they're probably a pretty similar product. Eh, maybe <laughs> you, you get a little bit more out of Lufthansa. Then you do I'll tell you what, I'll guys, find out you for me. you because this is on my bucket list, and that's why this story caught my attention. Yeah. Uh, Lufthansa, you know, is actually just retrieved the last of their 747-400s out of storage. So when COVID hit, you know, we suddenly had an excess of capacity and airlines were parking planes left and right. And the biggest casualty of that was the, the big heavies, the 747s. Right. They were heading out to the desert and almost every airline has shed the 747s from their fleet. They've all gotten rid of the four engine in favor of things like the Airbus 350s, tri- the Boeing's 777s, things like that. And mm-hmm. there is really no plans to have the four engine passenger jets return to service. But I still want to fly on a 747. I still haven't. Yeah. And so this may be my last opportunity here because Lufthansa is it's continuing and committing to flying 747. In fact, they are retiring their Airbus 380s. Really? Even bigger. Yep. So they're going to stick with the 747. So there, there's hope for me yet to well, do that, an over-the-pond jump in a, in a 747. And that's what I flew on uh, when I, I went to Germany a couple of years ago. And uh, it, it was a good experience. And, you know, I, I think they're a sister. Uh, they, you know, they co-chair with United, I believe. But I would say their service was a little bit better, if you ask me, you know, uh, my humble opinion. But once again, it's kind of like that international versus domestic trend. You just see, they give you more stuff. You know, you you get like, you you might actually have a metal fork and knife or something with dinner, like a full dinner in coach, as opposed to what we'd get in, you know, on a domestic carrier. So it's not necessarily that the planes are better or anything like that. It's just the service seems a little bit. They just give you a little bit more extra stuff. Like, you know, those socks, 
You'll get the the free socks. Here, put these on. Towel service. Yeah, a little bit of that. You know, like stuff you'd see in you know, economy plus minimum or or first. Yeah, they have they they kind of filter that down to economy on those international carriers. But yeah, they got those big ass planes. And if you can afford the big money and go upstairs and say on level two of a seven forty seven. And uh, what they probably got a bar up there and the whole thing, right? It's one of them type of airliners. Yeah, it's bigger. I mean, yeah, the seven forty seven is a double decker, so yeah. uh, I don't know how their cabins laid out. If it's you know, if they do have that, I mean, when they first came out, there was piano bars and all sorts of stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. back when flying was an actual event as opposed to what it is today. How cheap can you get from point A to point B? Yeah. Well, I remember seeing Lufthansa at the uh, NBAA show. And uh, they definitely, you know, they deck out their planes big time, some of them. But, of course, you're going to pay for it. You know, if you want to get the business class or first class, you know, service on their, you Lay know, down seats. And yeah, pods, pods and, and the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, but they do some pretty elaborate layouts uh, on their aircraft if you want to go for the upgrade stuff. But now we're talking, you know, that's beyond my budget. That's where we need like Keith, Captain Keith's credit card, and book one of those flights for a no, flight. It's just too journey. bad we don't know anybody that flies for a major airline. We would have to, we might have to try to leverage some of our connections. Maybe, maybe I, I actually have a, a tentative plan to to go to Germany again in January. Yeah, for the boot show. You know, that's it. It's boats and diving and. Uh, yeah, the only thing they don't have it, it's like the world's largest water sports show. It happens in Germany. They didn't have it really, you know, I don't, I don't know if they even had it last year, but they are planning to try to have it in January, and I've been asked to go. And I would have to, you know, get there from Florida and fly. <laughs> Chances are. Maybe I'll have to come with you on that trip to cover for Just Plane Radio. Maybe. What the experience is flying in the 747. Okay. Maybe, maybe we can let's, make that let's work. Let's make that work. All right. That, that could be on the agenda. Now, uh, another story we have is from AT&T. And they have, uh, this is a new thing. Have they been doing this a while and just finally told us about it or what, Dennis? Well, they've actually made cows fly. Excuse me? Yes. So all of the mobile carriers have had something called a cow. It's basically a cell tower on wheels. Well, They've spun that a little bit now with the drones and things that we have. Mm-hmm. They are now calling it the sell on wings. What AT&T has done is taken a oversized drone, attached a cable tether to it and the cellular antenna, and they're able to fly this much higher uh, than they could with a mobile tower. So mm-hmm. think about uh, natural disasters like a hurricane hitting and you need to get cell coverage out for the first responders and for, for people to get in touch and, they can deploy this now, and it's literally a little satellite uplink for the uh, connection to the phone network yeah. and its own little generator. And because the drone is tethered to the trailer, uh, it's unlimited for flight time. You don't have to worry about batteries. So they just fly this thing up a couple hundred feet on a cable, and it's providing uh, cellular service at a moment's notice. Hmm. Well, that could be uh, and that kind handy. of a clever use of our, our trickle down of our little drone technology is is making things better for us uh, in times of need. So hmm. I, all right, so but they, these are them. called cows. It's called a cow. Which sell on wings. Sell on wings. A cow. And all the all the uh, folks do this. All the carriers are doing this. 
Yep. If you've ever been to, you know, even like AirVenture, you'll notice a whole bunch of trailers with cellular antennas on them. And they, what they do is they're able to deploy additional uh, cell towers to cover, you know, the influx of additional people at an event like that. But they're also uh, more importantly needed in times of natural disasters where the phone lines may be knocked down, powers out, the regular cell towers aren't working. They can bring these trailers in and power them up anywhere. Uh, you know, Google's looked at doing that with uh, uh, basically like tethered balloons, uh, just the same kind of a thing. But now it's it's using a little quadcopter pulling the cellular antenna package up underneath it on a cable. But it would still be stationary. It just uh, stay yeah, in one it's, spot. It's anchored to the antenna. It just flies up. But because yeah. it's just a cable, they don't have to have this big tower. You don't have, there, there's size limits. You know, how big of a trailer can a tower support without tipping over? Well, here you just have a cable pulling the uh, the little cellular antenna transmitter up, and you're off and running. Hmm. Okay. Well, that would be a good thing. Maybe they could uh, take care of some of those dead zones. <laughs> yeah, like the one near my house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, uh, I, I I never thought about, you know, maybe they would just eliminate cell towers altogether and just throw up drones and run a line from them or something. But you'd have to, you still got to connect it to the tower. Well, that's what they what they've done is they the this little trailer comes out and it has a satellite dish, so it's all self contained. They don't need to hook up to any sort of a you know ground phone network or anything. They just do a satellite uplink to com- connect the phone calls. So data and uh, voice is all being able to be provided just by this little flying drone antenna. Okay, you know, take it for what it's worth and and just start bitching when your call drops. <laughs> On that note. We'll wrap it up for this week. Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. They're just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com.